Assalamu alaikum. You are listening to Mommy Wall Muslim, a podcast designed with a Muslim American parent in mind, addressing how to raise Muslim American kids born into a post 9-11 world. We will cover topics ranging from potty training to politics, and no topic is off limits. Along with our expert guests, we'll discuss what's new in the Muslim American diaspora, or just what's new at our own kitchen tables. Join us, Zeba Hassan, Nozma Jaffrey, who have a combined eight kids and 25 years of parenting experience, as well as just enough crazy between them while they pioneer this journey we call Mommy, Mommy Wall Muslim. Muslim. Assalamualaikum, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mommy While Muslim Podcast with your co-hosts, Zeba Hassan and Uzma Jaffrey. This is Uzma. Hi, everybody. Assalamualaikum, everybody. How's everybody's Ramadan going? How's your Ramadan going, Uzma? So far, so good. I'm alive, and it sounds like you're pretty chipper for a Ramadan, so <laughs> it's not as bad as you say, huh? I know. I know. I think I'm getting known as being the person that like dreads Ramadan, and I hate having that reputation. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. I do have to say, I think just because I... I just mentally prepared for it this year. And to uh-huh. be blunt with you, the first four days I had my period, um, I got a lot of questions from my kids as to why I wasn't fasting. Do you? How do you handle no. that? Like, let's just get this um, out in the open. Yeah, no, we want to talk about this. So my kids are younger. And even um, in the past couple of years when they've noticed me eating in Ramadan, they're like, hey, I mean, how come you're not fasting? I don't get into the science with it. I just tell them, you know, Allah knows Ami's work really hard all during the year and especially hard during Ramadan. So he gives them a break for a week and they totally absorb that. They like love it, drink it in. But you have older kids. What did you say to your older kids who know the science? I just say mommy has her period and that really kind of like stops the the conversation in its tracks and then they kind of just like smirk (laughs) and move on. But I do, but I feel even though I have a legitimate reason, um, it was a little bit of a bummer that it started a couple days before Ramadan. So obviously I didn't get into the, the first couple of days. But it is one of those things where I still feel guilty when I'm not fasting, even though I have a valid reason for it. Are you kidding? Wait, do you like, well, you still have to get up for school. I get up. Get the kids yeah, I get breakfast. up. Yeah. and I'm st- So I'm still going through the motions of everything and, exactly. and still go- getting the iftar ready and still getting all of those things done. So that part, um, I just started a little bit later, <laughs> later than probably most people. So I'm not yeah. on the full week um, as of recording. I didn't do the full week as of yet, but so that's mm-hmm. why I'm still a chipper. I was going to say, I was like, how's the sleep deprivation for you? Because and it that's really like is the sleep. Thing, right? It really is a sleep deprivation. Like how are you coping with that? It sounds like you had a decent mother's day where you got to recoup a little bit on your sleep. Yeah, I got to catch up, but here's the thing. It's always that first week of Ramadan. That's really hard, right? Because you're calorie deprived, you're dehydrated, no matter what you do, you're going to be dehydrated. Yes. And then um, with the sleep issues, um, it's usually that fourth or fifth day when it catches up to me yes. and I will inevitably oversleep. And that happens, sure as sugar, Thursday morning, I like wake up at 5.30 and freaking out like, oh my God, I overslept. And um, my son relies on me to wake him up yes. because he's going to be 11 this year and you know, if he doesn't have breakfast, I can't let him fast. Yeah. And I'm like, wake up in a panic. And my husband's like, it's okay, baby. I got up. Don't worry. I drank my water. <laughs> and you're like, but I'm worried about myself. <laughs> you're like, I, I appreciate that, but I'm worried about myself too. No. I was like, why didn't you wake me up? He was like, oh, but you were so tired. You were snoring so loud. You never snored. Like <laughs> and you're that, like, so thank wake you. you That's so funny. No, you do start getting that, right? Like as, as the, oh, yeah. the month goes on, it's the... 
like I, I start sleeping through the alarm. Like I even set the alarm yeah. and then you just like mm-hmm. think, turn it off. I will just keep my eyes closed for a hot second. And then a hot second turns into two hours and you've overslept Absolutely. at that point. But the good news is for me, because my kids still have to get up and out the door, I don't have yeah. the luxury of missing the alarm. So I'm still getting up. Right. I'm still going and it, but it is challenge. It's definitely, definitely challenging. And and it's just all become about food prep, like what to make for iftar, what to make for dinner. Mm. Are you having to deal with that at all? Because I feel like I'm constantly thinking about food. So here's my issue. Like, I, I think we've talked about this before where I forget to feed the little kids. Yeah. And that has not changed. I keep forgetting. Because um, it's like, I don't really have a lot in the fridge right now, except the essentials. It's like milk, eggs, bread, and leftovers from like the mustard the night before. So if they won't eat the leftovers for lunch the next day, sorry, kid, you're up a creek. Um, Here's some fish sticks from Costco. They have like made from um, real fish, like not the minced um, junk fish sticks. Um, You can have that. You can have some soup if you want. But they're just kind of eating junk and happy. Yes. So, and sometimes you, know, you have to, I feel bad. you have to let things go. Like we talked about this and yeah. you gave me that advice and I really took it to heart this year. I'm like, you know what? If they're going to mm-hmm. eat chicken nuggets, they're going to just eat chicken nuggets. For one month, it doesn't cost like it's, I don't think it's, so. uh, it's it okay. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's got, <laughs> yeah. you know, God forbid. I'm like chicken nuggets. I'm like, what, what do you want? Like just something quick and easy because yes. for me, my mm-hmm. energy level starts to wane towards the end of the day. Right. And I'm trying to get absolutely w- the k- little kids are still eating iftar with us and then going to bed. So my husband's mm-hmm. been really, really good about like opening iftar, then putting the kids to bed after we pray and then put the kids to bed. Oh, and then nice. I can get a little bit of a reprieve, a little bit of a reprieve and a breather before doing it all over again um, the next yeah. day. How, how has the division of labor been in your house? It's pretty much the same. I mean, my husband uh, doesn't do a whole lot of housework. When he's home, he'll pick up the kids after school. I think that's a big help, you know, because getting in the drive line for an hour and sitting there, um, even in the AC, like you're dehydrating, you know, yes. and because it's asleep, really, really hot where you are. It's really hot. So like that yeah. probably is the big thing for you. For me, it's sleep for you. Is it thirst? Yeah, I try to be good about it. But you know, even though I drink almost two liters in the morning, your kidneys know what to do with yes. that extra fluid. And by, you know, an hour and a half, it's gone. Yeah. Like for me, like it's gone by noon. Like by the time. Oh yeah. Like I'm back in the after drop offs. I'm like, oh, okay. It's done. But mm-hmm. like even chia yeah. seeds, like I read somewhere, I don't know why I'm reading all this random stuff that put chia seeds <laughs> in your water. And as I'm gagging on that in the morning, I'm like, it doesn't work. I don't know if there's a science behind it. <laughs> it just doesn't work that, with the chia seeds. I think I might've told you to do that. Did you? I'm sorry. Like now I'm like, where the heck did I read this random piece of information <laughs> as I'm fiber. like literally gagging as I'm like drinking it in the morning. Maybe I should eat Aww. it. And then drink and not put it in my water. Maybe that's. I don't know. I like the texture of it in my water, but if it's making you gag, yeah, maybe swallow it. But that's going to be hard to swallow because it's pretty dry. Yeah, they're really dry and they're gross. But I'm going to keep trying it since I'm getting it from my doctor. (laughs) Like you're my my official doctor these days. I'm like, okay, my doctor Asma said to eat these chia seeds. I'm going to keep gagging on them in the morning. So if since you have a little bit of help at night when. Zephyr gets home, are you able to do any of the extra like acts of worship that you were saying you never really get to participate in? No, when your kids no, are older now too. I, I hate admitting that. Like I'm just not. And I, and I realize we're just not in that same 
I'm just not in that phase of my life. And yeah. like, I have to let go of the gift, you know, and, and maybe I'll try to do this. The beauty is my mosque is essentially live streaming Taravi. I don't know if you guys are oh, doing nice. that and it's really kind of cool. No. So I will on occasion try to like pick some up, but I'm not as good as I could be because quite frankly, I'm physically wiped by the end of the day. Um, and I know right, that's not right. an excuse. I know that's everybody's thing, but I'm like the working on the three, two to three, four hours of sleep per night is not, my body needs at least seven to eight hours to fully function. And I start getting the brain fog at this point of the, like in mid afternoon, I start getting brain fog. So I try to get whatever I need to right. physically get done before noon. And after that, I'm taking it a little bit easy. How, how do you handle that with your patient load? Like, do you, do you alter your schedule a little bit during Ramadan or you just kind of keep it the same? No, my schedule is the same because I only work part-time, um, two, maybe three days a week. So it, it's not bad. I've just catered my hours to my kids, right? So I always try, except for the last two weeks. So my my months are bottom heavy, which means the last two weeks I have more patients to see. So the day could go to like four or five o'clock sometimes. But usually, for the most part, I'm done by one, one thirty, so that I can get to pick up and pick up my kids myself. And that's something that I've designed in my practice so that I can be out. Um, but the thing is by that pickup time on the days, even when I don't have a full patient load, when I'm picking up my kids, I bring them home. I will try to feed them if they eat easily. Great. If they don't, it's like, okay, I'm just going down for a nap. Don't anybody come talk to me until like five. So I'll sleep until five thirty or six, which is a good two and a half hours that I'll get. And in the middle, the little guy wakes up somewhere around four, four thirty, he wakes up and he doesn't come near me because he's scared to death that I'll put him back to bed. That's so um, funny. So your kids really cooperate like, with you. Like that's so totally nice cooperate. that they can do that. Yeah. They do that. Unfortunately, I don't yeah. have that same, you know, they're just a little bit older and a little bit more needy and mm-hmm. our practices start essentially right after school. So oh, just yeah. my, I, that day, it, it sounds lovely. Like I wish like in an ideal world and honestly in the summertime <laughs> when they did it, when it was a little bit more in the summer and they didn't have school, I definitely did. I would go back to sleep after so and the kids would like let me be. But unfortunately that the fact that it's in the school year is a little bit challenging, right? Yeah. Right yeah. now. It's our first time too during the school. So it's like teacher appreciation yes. week, Mother's Day, book fair, science fair, exactly. everything's happening at once. Everything. Yeah. And then so like we have our state tests and our finals are coming up and our, the, our, all of that. So the fun thing is for my older, my older son, like what, cause he stays up till 12, one o'clock in the morning, you know, studying. Mm-hmm. So what I've been doing is essentially giving giving him food and giving it to him while he's studying. And I'm like, just throw everything in the sink and just honestly letting him sleep in, in the morning so that his brain can function. Um, his brain can function. So that seems to be working. Somebody on actually our Facebook page was asking like what to do with older folks and with older kids. And it is a little bit of a challenge because they're literally in the end of their school year right now with the finals and the tests and they're up studying and you know, their schedule is already so crazy that just trying to fit it all in is a little bit of a challenge. One day, I would say one day. Yeah. Inshallah, one day the naps will come back. No, I think what really helped with me was, again, just not letting the kids do any kind of activities. Yes. Um, I think my little guy had his last soccer practice last Saturday. My kids don't have anything. 
So, you know, that after school period when you're doing the taekwondo, the soccer, the ballet, all that junk is like on hold. Yes. Um, until after Eve, because just for my sanity, because I know, you know, I'm going to reach a point where that won't be an option. So I may as well just milk it right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and and when when the kids were younger or when they were school, we definitely did that. But I but as they get older and they are required to stay after school and do all these things, it it becomes a little bit of a challenge. And honestly, very different than when I was in school. I didn't have as many activities. I don't know if you feel the same way. Right. I didn't have as many activities. So we didn't we, have activities, no. You know, whereas the, these kids are nonstop as soon as they come in yeah. through the door. Maybe that's a good thing because then you can't really, you don't have time to think about the fasting. But I do think the physicality of it can be a little bit of a challenge. So you told me about how you're handling your oldest. And I remember when we were growing up, a lot of our friends would do that where they would eat like after Tarawi and that would be like what they Their were going to eat and yeah. drink for the rest of the day. And then they wouldn't wake up for Sahur. And it worked fine for a lot of people. It sounds like it's working for um, Big Z for you. Yeah. So what I'm doing with my oldest is, you know, we figured... Yes, bedtime is 8.30 at our house, but our little boogers run around in each other's rooms and jump on the beds and do all kinds of things until at least 10, 10.30 every night. So we figured, okay, even though it's a school night, let's just go to the masjid every single night and we're going to stay for Tarawi. Our imam reads super fast, good, bad, or otherwise, whatever you think, but we're done in an hour with Isha and Tarawi. Oh, wow. So That's not too bad. Home. Yeah. Yeah, so you're done by 9.30, you bring them home, brush your teeth, go right to bed. So it's been working out even for my oldest, because then I can actually wake him up around 3.30, 3.45, and I'm like, hey, dude, come on, he's just going to eat a bowl of cereal and drink a bottle of water and go back to bed. I make him get dressed for school, and I'm like, go to bed. Literally, when we're getting in the car, I'm going to wake you up so you can brush your teeth and you can go to school. And that's been okay. He's not napping or anything after school. Oh, that's like he wants awesome. To play basketball. Yeah. I'm trying to stop him. Like, no, please stay in the house, lie down, take a nap. And he's like, no, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to go play with the neighbors, ride my bike, do whatever. Um, and he's handling it well. He just doesn't want to lose the opportunity to go to the mosque at night. So See, that's a that's such a blessing that you have that um, as an option for you. And it, you know, it hasn't blown up in our face yet. Um, so we're, we're good. And I had warned the teachers. I was like, Hey, if our kids are a little bit sleepy, it's cause we are staying up later. They're like, Oh yeah, if they're a little bit sleepy, we'll let them sleep in class. Don't worry about it. You know, cause our, um, all of our testing is done. Oh, that, cause do you guys end at like Memorial day? Is that how it, cause I feel like the people that end in Memorial, they did their testing in like April. Yeah. Our last day is May 24th. So we're done. Oh, that's so really nice. nice. So you, then mm-hmm, you, you only, mm-hmm. you have like a, about a week or 10 days. So the last 10 days of Ramadan, you get to be at home. It's going to be a and party. Free. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, so absolutely. nice. No, we don't end yeah. until the second week of June. I think June 14th right, or something right. is our last day of school. So no, we are definitely in in it for the entire Ramadan and but we've been so lucky no we've been so lucky that the weather hasn't been as hot as it normally is so um it's just been super rainy um which is bad hair days for me but uh, the thirst part has (laughs) not been um that much of an issue and honestly even the the hunger it's never really the hunger for me it's like I said it's the getting the headaches from the sleep deprivation so if we were recording this like at four or five this afternoon 
in the afternoon, mm-hmm. I'd be incoherent. Like I literally cannot, like I cannot even think straight at that point. Yeah. So you, you've caught That's me. That's literally how I am. Yeah. And you're just like, what, what are you doing? And I do have to say yeah. what I've been working on. Cause we talked about this in our life. Like what is something extra we wanted to work on? And I really wanted to work on my patience and, and, and losing my patience with the kids, especially when you're hangry. And as everybody has is aware, you know, I'm not the best fasting person. So I've been trying to focus on not snapping at my kids and being more present. It is hard and being more present. So there are different things that we can do, even if we're not um, able to like fully um, participate in all the traditional spiritual activities. Like what is something that you want to work out, work on intrinsically. And for me, it's keeping my patience and my cool, if I can go to the month of Ramadan without yelling at my kids because I'm hangry, I will consider that a blessed (laughs) month. I think that's super spiritual work because that's something that we have to be doing year round and patience and gratitude are like two of the greatest characteristics in Islam. So girl, if you're getting that done this month, like kudos to you, give me all your tips on how you're doing it. Um, me, I just go to sleep and avoid that. (laughs) Well, you are, you have a good tip. You have a good tip. I, I am. And and what I'm trying to, to, like, I went to a, gla- a classroom of kindergartners. Every year I go to the classroom, I read books about um, Ramadan, pass out little cookie, you know, like the t- t- just to kind of get the kids excited. Um, and one of yeah. the little girls, by the way, she's going to be president of the United States. She is just oh. so socially aware. She raises her hand and she says, Mrs. Hassan, could you tell me why do you fast? Like, you know, and obviously that's a traditional question that adults ask, but it it was very unique coming from a five-year-old kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course you get all the standard action answers. And then the other thing that I mentioned, when you're feeling the physical hunger and thirst, it really is a physical reminder of your devotion to something bigger than yourself, whatever that may be. Mm. Cause it's a physical, mm. you're it's, you feel the hunger pains, you feel the thirst, you feel the headache and it is a yeah. constant reminder. You can't just forget, right? You're not walking around. You're like, Oh, and it has definitely made me be more present when I'm praying versus getting it, you know, checking the box and getting it done. Just to doing be, it. Just doing mm-hmm. it to be blunt with you. Mm-hmm. It's more like, cause you're feeling a physical response to something that is a spiritual devotion. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I know I've been fasting for X amount of years. I'm not going to age myself, but I do have to say <laughs> that was the first time that I was like, Oh, when somebody, when a five, an innocent five-year-old says something and you're trying to explain in words that they would understand, I was able to make that connection for myself. And that's oh. definitely making me feel a little bit more into it spiritually that having been said yeah. by four or five o'clock I might have a different I might be singing a different tune <laughs> we won't talk to you <laughs> you're like don't to talk like to me morning. past four o'clock in the afternoon that's funny so you were talking about um worrying about the food prep but um were you able to do any prep ahead of time any uh of those tips that we talked about before Ramadan started that worked out for you or didn't work out for you Yeah you know I um I always have these grand plans um of doing that type of stuff but to be honest with you <laughs> I I had the plans but you know, we, we've been getting, you know, this year has been a bad sick year for us. So a couple of my kids got sick Mm -hmm. and I just didn't get a a chance to it. Um, I just essentially called somebody and asked her to come and help me 
cook some stuff. So I did get my traditional kebabs and samosas. And I know it's bizarro, but I really like comfort, my comfort foods, which are, you know, of the Indo-Pak culture during Ramadan. Like it just makes me feel more like it's Ramadan. Ramadan. Yeah. Like with the kebabs and things like that. So I definitely have that. And I've, I've, I did hire my housekeeper to come a couple of um, hours in the afternoons just because Mm -hmm. that's when I'm at my lowest level energy. And just to help me kind of clean up because for me when my house is cluttered and uncleaned we've talked about this before I can't function and I'm too worried about quickly putting the dishes in the dishwasher then oh my god let me really focus on my prayer so those are the tips that we talked about earlier that I'm definitely doing um granted it's a weekend it's a weekend so I'm not sure how it's gonna stay (laughs) <laughs> for for the you know you always have these grants so you're gung-ho with the first two weeks and the last two weeks it's you're just like in survival mode have you been able to do any of the food prep or do anything like that for me it's I, I am cooking every day because I guess what I forgot in the Ramadan preps uh, that we talked about our previous podcasts um, starting last year I was taking my own food because I practice keto and, um, you know, Ramadan food is not necessarily keto friendly when you go to the masjid and yes. you don't have control over the menu. So this is how I control my menu. And I take my keto food, I take my keto coffee with me, um, and I break my fast with my stuff. And, you know, people who and hem, but they know now that Uzma brings her own food and it's okay. Nobody gets offended. The people who are hosting for the night will always say, eat something, eat something. So I will try to find what is keto friendly on the set menu, but I go prepared so that I don't leave feeling deprived and then falling into a bunch of chocolate when I come back home. Yes. Um, So that's the only prep that I have to worry about. And mine is super easy. I am so okay eating the same exact thing every day because it's just me. Who cares? You know, if it was for my kids, I would worry. It's um, as long as their breakfast and their lunches are good uh, and they have like a good snack when they come home, I don't really worry too much. Uh, I try to have... um, you know, I am still defrosting some meat so that I can have a lunch that they will eat um, and that I won't feel guilty about later. Like, oh, they had like, you know, a bag of chips when they came home from school versus like, say, khima prata, which would be ground beef and fried bread, which is something they all like. So um, that those like food prep tips, uh, I that's as much as I have. The rest of it is just planning my sleep schedule and um you know, the night schedule with the kids, figuring that out. And so far, so good. Alhamdulillah, the first week has been okay for us. Nobody has crashed and burned. Everything seems to be going okay. Alhamdulillah. See, that's really, that's really good. Cause you know, at the end of the day, that's all we're, we're trying to get through. And if we're better off as a result of that, by the end of this month, like that is a successful month. However, we just want to survive there. <laughs> yeah. However you get yes. there, you know, however you get yeah. there, whether it's doing extra therabi prayers or just kind of taking care of your family, you know, I do, I, I, a lot of the feedback that we've been getting on the Facebook pages, you know, if you're not fasting because of whether it's health reasons or you're nursing or pregnant or or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. how to stay a part of the Ramadan spirit. And through acts of worship through your kids, you can still do that, mm-hmm. you know, and you can and, still and do that. you can still do this and try not to feel too guilty. And I would just bring the nursing baby with me. You know, a lot of times you don't even have to come pray. 
you know, but just when you're part of the community or you have a newborn, yeah, just so that you're not so isolated, especially for those people who maybe don't have their family or are new to the country or new to a particular community. Like when I first moved out here, I knew nobody. My first Ramadan was super depressing, but um, I think I was, I was not pregnant the first Ramadan we did it here, but we would go masjid hopping and go to different masjids trying to find friends really um, and just didn't didn't fit in anywhere we literally had one couple friend and they were on the other side of town um but we just tried to stay connected if if not just with our community then with each other like hey we're trying to do something active we're trying to find our niche and eventually it did happen alhamdulillah um and even if i couldn't pray i would still go to the masjid then some people will say hey you're not allowed to if you're on your period or whatever whatever and i'm like you know what this is america and we need to do risks versus benefits and if somebody's going to be really depressed clinically depressed and feeling socially isolated and feeling like she's a danger to herself or to her kids is it better she sit at home where there's a bunch of knives and running water and a baby or is it better for her to take that kid to the masjid and i would err on the side of caution and say go to the masjid you know just so that you can hear the things you're familiar with smell the things you're familiar smelling um just that sense of community even witnessing it i think i mean i would venture to say there's benefit in that for everybody too yeah and the beauty is now with modern technology like with our local masjid they're, you know, literally live streaming the Taravi yeah, prayer. Exactly. So you can't go to the masjids, pop that on in the background and, you know, participate remotely. The beauty of technology is you can participate remotely yeah. and still kind of feel like you're part of a overall community. Before my mother-in-law used to go to the masjid with us, um, when she lived on her own out of state, she would turn on the Taravi live in Mecca. Oh, that is really cool. That's actually really cool. I didn't know that that was an option. Yeah, but then if you do it, you're doing it in the middle of the day, you know? <laughs> so it was like a pre-recorded version of oh, it. Oh, I see so what you're saying. So by the time it aired for her, yeah. So there, there's a significant time difference, even where she was living before. So she would just watch the, the night before um, during her Isha time, and she would pray with them. Oh, that's real. Like, I'm pretty sure that that's an option now, too. I'm pretty sure if somebody Googled yeah. that, they could do that. Oh, yeah. You can always do um, see the live feed of the Haram and, and see what's going on over there and join in a prayer if you want. I'm not sure what the ruling is on that, but I'm like, hey, whatever floats your boat, guys. You know, if you're praying, nobody's going to fault you. That's you exactly know? right. So, so yeah. obviously, Ramadan is a, a month of charity as well. Have you guys figured out how you would participate in that, or do you have any fun... Ch- a good charities that we could actually look into? Yeah, so I just found out about a uh, project that Muslims of the World is doing to sponsor families of five in Yemen for $80. Because as you know, like, it's something astronomical, like one and a half million children are going to starve to death this year. Like, not starve, but starve to death. They will die in Yemen because there's not enough food um, because of the war that's going on and the sanctions that have been imposed against Yemen by, you know, the powers that be. So Muslims of the World has a campaign right now to try to recruit five people that you know um, and then have them each recruit five people they know to donate um, for families of five, $80 for the month of Ramadan to feed them. So um, that's one good thing that I found out about literally this morning. And I was like, oh, that's exciting. Let's do that. Um, in the meantime, we continue where I live to have uh, 
asylum seekers come through and have drop-offs. So we're trying to um, make sure that the churches uh, or venues that are hosting them have food to provide to these families. Not myself, but a lot of my friends are actually going to serve the food. It's like after school time for me. So I'm like, I can drop it off, but I can't stay to serve anything. So that's in the works. And and how do your kids, do your kids, do your kids participate with you or they won't get to participate until after their school is out. Got it. And then, you know, that last week, I think I might take them to actually serve the food. I think they'll really enjoy that, but I haven't even, I don't even think I've signed them up yet because I haven't seen a kid sign up for it, only adults, but I'll ask and see if they can do it. I think they'd really enjoy it. I do think like, you know, we, we the organization that we um, participate with is actually Faith and we're going to have, we're going to have these in our show notes as well so that people can, if they're looking for charities or whatever, they can kind of look and, and research them themselves. But it's essentially a, a women's shelter for Muslim um, abused women for here in, oh, uh, wow. the, in the Washington DC area. And they also have started hosting, um, d- refugees. And when I was talking to the director, the funny thing is she's like, you know, I'm like, Oh, we would love to give Eid toys or Eid gifts or something. Like, how can we go? And she's like, listen, the younger set is always taken care of. She goes, it's the, my, our teenagers that get nothing during Ramadan. And that made me so sad having two teenagers that are just just as excited (laughs) about Eid. And I was like, you know what? We will take care of that for you this year. So my teenagers are helping, um, teenagers and a couple of groups of local teens are really coming together and trying to get, um, these, these teenagers that are in these shelters, um, Eid, Eid, blood, Eid gifts, because quite frankly, they do get, it's a demographic that totally gets lost in the shuffle, Yeah, you know? So Absolutely. I am really excited about being part of that. Um, and, and they do such good work, work here by providing scholarships and, and housing and, and, and their secret housing, um, so that they can escape some of these abusive situations, which oh, unfortunately okay. do, do happen in our communities. And I just am all about helping other women. So that's definitely one thing that's that wonderful. we're really excited about. And honestly, having my teenage boys, you know, my teenager who is a boy, like being proactive about helping women in these types of situations, I feel like is a good message for him. That's an amazing model. Yeah. That's wonderful. I'm so glad you found them. Yes. They're super. So they're going to be in their show notes. So like, I think if you wouldn't mind putting the, the, the people of uh, the, the Muslims of the world, your um, website in there, and then we'll put the faith website. So if our listeners are so inclined and they want to look up a charity for either Sadaqa or there's a God, they can, um, these are great organizations to do that with. Um, If you could change one thing for the last half of Ramadan, um, to get the most benefit from it, what do you think you would do? Well, one small change that you that you could make, what would it be? That's actually a really good question. I would go back in time and listen to our podcast and actually follow some of the tips that we said. <laughs> and by being a little bit more prepared, I do feel like it just... It was mentally there, but it did kind of sneak up on me um, and have some of the go-to food items that we normally eat for iftar specifically, especially because I try to make, even though I don't necessarily eat iftar, but my older two kids do. And it's fun. Mm -hmm. It's our our family um, activity that we do together. I have to say in this, during the school year, we never 
eat dinner together just because of the schedules, but the blessing of having a set time where we have to all eat has really been so rewarding for me because we all have to sit down together at a certain time, as long as there's nobody at practice. So I would go back and listen to our podcast from a few weeks ago and do a little bit more of that prepping because I am, and it always ends up being about food and I know it shouldn't be, but I, I do, I am cooking a lot more than I was anticipating. And it's totally because I wasn't as organized about, um, Mm -hmm. getting things prepped and with the fatigue factor kicking in, everything (laughs) takes so much longer at the end of the day to do like, I'll, I'll do something, go sit down, come back, do some more. So it just takes so much longer to get it done. But what would you do? Like knowing what you know now and what you can, we're mid, by the time this airs, we're mid Ramadan. So what are you going to change or do differently? I think I do need to step up my service game. Uh, I haven't done tr- what I traditionally do, like the homeless hygiene kits and stuff. Haven't done it. Whatever donation I made was accidental because I thought I owed my mom money for a donation that she had already made in my kid's name. And then, you know, I sent it again. <laughs> she didn't realize that, I, you know, I was trying to pay her back for something before. And so she sent it again for something else. And she's like, oh, I went ahead and I, you know, sent your sadaka here and there. And it's like, oh, that was completely, I had no intention of doing that. I'm glad you did. Thank you. <laughs> you know, because it was during Ramadan, but I need to be more intentional uh, about my giving. And one of the things that I need to do better is um, I sit on the Zakat committee at my masjid and I haven't been bugging people enough to please, please turn in your zakat early because, you know, the families are already reaching out to me and, you know, applying for the zakat. In Virginia, actually, you have at Adams Center a really good social committee, um, social work committee, and their zakat distribution is phenomenal. So after learning from them recently at a conference, I'm trying to do it that way. I just haven't set it up properly. So I need to be um, more intentional, more organized, as you said, um, so that nobody gets missed and everybody gets what they need way before Eid rather than asking like sometimes yes. the night before. You know, it's just a shame because they want to maybe do something nice for their kids or have something prepared ahead of time. And the earlier they have the money, the better it is. So if everybody could just, you know, give to your regular um, avenues of zakat, wherever you give it or whomever you give it to, give it as soon as you can, you know, because it also helps the organizers get the money where it needs to go. That's that's really important, and hopefully by the time this airs, it'll still be two weeks of Ramadan, and we can get get a, get a good start on that. Well, thanks so much for checking in with me. Like, I'm so glad that you actually had the four days off, so you could mentally ease into yes. Ramadan. It sounds like that was good for you. It definitely was good for me, and even though it was a little bit awkward, but it was good. And I am wishing you a good rest of the Ramadan, and hopefully, we'll touch base in a couple of weeks. Okay, sounds good, hun. Thanks so much. Assalamualaikum, everybody. Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzman Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Momming While Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. <laughs>